Hospitality, from the sermon series, Community, spoken by Pastor Shirley Yu. So yeah, it's wonderful to be here with you all, um, especially after having recovered from COVID. Yes, I got it. Uh, you know, trying to be careful all the time and then boom, gosh, it just came. But you know what? Thankfully, through it, I actually experienced a lot of a great community. So a lot of people reached out, offering help, wanting to drop off food and things like that. Deborah Moore and the Caring Hands Ministry, but especially by our women's Bible study community group. So those of us who are in that group, shout out. Yeah, ladies. <clears throat> as soon as I shared the news with our community group, the ladies jumped right in, no hesitation, offering food, groceries, medicine, anything. And it wasn't just me. Another woman in our group also um, got it too, and she got it worse than I did. <clears throat> But at first, we we're both like, oh, no, we're fine. It's okay. We have food, you know. But as they were offering and kept offering, I realized, okay, I remembered, oh, I'm preaching about hospitality soon. <laughs> I should live by what I'm preaching, right? So I was like, you know what? Okay, let's receive. Let's receive their hospitality. And so I was encouraging that other woman in our group who gotten sick as well. I was like, let's just both receive it. So we did. <clears throat> And you know what, when we received it, there was like this special kind of a joy in them and wanting to give and wanting to help, right? And they were, there was even excitement with it. I was like, oh, oh, okay, thank you. <clears throat> so why would I wanna rob them of that joy? Why would I wanna rob them of that excitement? So I received their hospitality. And uh, <clears throat> not just that, but one of them, when she dropped off food, she came with her kids in the car. And so the kids got to see their mom in action, exemplifying hospitality. So it was like just blessings all around. It was really sweet. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to um, just also say to those ladies, thank you again, love you so much. So yeah, today we're gonna talk about hospitality. So if you have your Bibles with you on your phone or if you want to look at it on the screen, we're looking at 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 to 11. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 to 11. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so with the strength God provides, oh, sorry, who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So being Family Worship Sunday, I'd like for children and adults to chime in here and share out loud what words come to mind when you think of the word hospitality. So I like the interaction here, so just speak it out. Anybody? 
What was that? Friendly. Friendly, yes, friendly. Anything else? Love? Yes, love. Food. Food, yes. <laughs> food fills our stomachs, right? Yes, food. Anything else? Hugs, connections, yes. Support, yes, absolutely. Okay, so we all know the definition of hospitality. <clears throat> From the word of God in today's passage, we will see that we can grow in relationship with each other by giving and receiving hospitality because it's a spiritual act in community. It's not always easy, I know, uh, but scripture teaches us how we can and need to grow with hospitality. Otherwise, we can be community killers. Now, I'm sure that's not anything any of us want to be. <clears throat> so let's dive into today's passage and learning how to be community builders in growing in hospitality by one, being aware and pray, two, loving each other deeply, three, serving with your gifts, and four, giving God the glory forever. So first, be aware and pray. In today's passage, Peter informs the church that the end of all things is near. However, we're reading this now, like 2,000 years later, and we could be wondering, is the end really near? But Peter was not mistaken when he wrote this. When we look at the translation, it's actually more accurately written as the end of all things is in the state of approaching, or the end of all things is in the approaching mode. And I think we can all pretty much attest to this state of approaching. I mean, there have been wars. There's one going on right now in Ukraine. There's a growing number of natural disasters, including COVID, and family members in strife against each other. These are signs that the end is still approaching. I remember hearing my mom when she was watching the news growing up, <clears throat> and she would say in Korean, Marseilla, which translates, it's the end times. She got this from the word. And the fact of the matter is, no matter how close or distant it may seem to us right now, the end of all things is in the approaching mode. God is not playing, and neither should we. We did not celebrate, as Pastor Doug mentioned, a mighty Easter Resurrection Sunday just a few Sundays ago to then go back and live as if Jesus is not alive, especially in community. Jesus is calling us to be alert and of sober mind to what's going on around us. So why? So that we can pray, he says. Don't just watch and be alert and be stifled in fear because anyone can do that, right? All of us, believers and non-believers. But as believers, as the people of a mighty God who is alive, we are to pray. Pray to our Father in heaven who's got the whole world in his hands. Yeah, we might be singing that song in our heads. But the thing is, he's got the whole world in his hands, but we don't. 
In praying, we are reminded that we're merely human and need to look to God because God is God and we are not. Our main task as his people is to stay in tune with him in prayer because it's just about talking, right? Just about connecting with God and heeding his will while we're here on earth. Our Jesus, our Savior, he himself stayed in touch with his Father in heaven in prayer every step of the way of his life on earth. So are we better than Jesus? No, that's right. Thank you. <laughs> Definitely not. But honestly, I think subconsciously, we think we are. The fact that we don't pray shows that we think that we can live this life without him, without him being intricately involved in our everyday lives. And technically, yes, yeah, we're going on with life, right? Whether we pray or not, we're going on. But honestly, how's that working out for you? At the end of the day, we can all say we need more of Jesus, right? I mean, I hear people say all the time, I need to pray more, or I need to read the Bible more. So you know what? Just do it. Just do it. No more excuses, just do it. Get rid of the habit of doing things on your own and start everything with prayer. And just keep it simple, right? It doesn't have to be this big, extravagant, get down on my knees and pray. It could be very simple, like you wake up in the morning, Oh, yeah, good morning, God. Thank you for the rest that I got. Thank you for the roof over my head. Thank you for the breath that I could breathe to wake up this morning and lead me this day, because God, I need you. Amen. Be intentional. Before you look at your phone when you wake up, pray. Before you leave on your way to work or school or baseball or dance or soccer, pray. Before you eat, simple, just acknowledging God, thanking God for our God who, who provides and pray. Before you sleep, pray that you made it through the day, no matter how hard it was. God's always thinking about us, you know, and how about us? Can we also think about God in relationship with him and pray? So during the season of Lent, <clears throat> I gave up breakfast as my physical food um, to not eat until I got my spiritual food, until I could feed my soul first. So that was my intentional way of making sure that I pray and I, I have that time with Jesus, right? And, you know, it was hard because there were many times when my stomach was growling like crazy, distracting me, right? I wanted to eat, but I'm like, wait, no, no, Shirley, remember, I'm doing this as a practice. I'm being intentional. Because in Matthew 4, 4, what does it say? People don't live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So this intentional act that I did for the season of Lent was really, really good for me. It kept me grounded, right? Because, man, I definitely encountered a lot of stressful times, a lot of frustrating situations, but having that time with Jesus, that intentional time, it, was, it made me different. 
So I am, even though Easter Sunday is over now, Jesus is still alive. I still need my Jesus day by day, second by second. So I'm going to keep doing this practice. You know, I've, I've failed a few times already, <laughs> but I'm doing it. I'm keeping it up as a practice. You can do this too. And when I do this, honestly, my days are a lot more peaceful instead of worrisome, instead of anxious. And there's more joy and love too, instead of complaints and frustration. That's what connecting with our God does. So prayer is a practice. Don't feel bad if you forget. That's not what this is about. Just keep reminding yourself and do what you need to do in order to remember. There's no shame in putting up post-its, if any of us still uses the paper. There's no shame in putting up post-its that says pray to remind us. Because as you get into the practice, you're not going to need those post-its anymore, right? But we got to start somewhere. God is worth your time. He sacrifices one and only son who came down from heaven in full human form, went through all the suffering and even more than we could ever experience and go through so that we can say when we go through our hard times or through our times of rejoicing, Jesus knows exactly what I'm going through and I can go to him and I could trust him with everything. Don't let anything get in your way anymore of connecting more deeply and regularly with him. <clears throat> As you pray, you'll find growth in your relationship with God, which will then help you also grow in loving others. Which brings us to our second point. Love each other deeply. Verse 8 says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Peter knew what he was talking about when he was telling this to his people to love each other deeply. He knew of the strife that goes on even within the church. There are too many factors out there that's trying to constantly divide us as his people. But no, let's not let that happen. Let's let love win. That's what God displayed for us to the point of the cross. So in letting love win, his love covers over a multitude of sins. I remember when our church first started to rise up on behalf of our black and brown sisters and brothers in the midst of intense racial strife. There were a lot of people in our church who were saying that we were talking too much about it, that we were getting too political. The church there is nothing too political or more Christ-like than to stand up for our sisters and brothers who are being oppressed. Honestly, I was getting really frustrated with people who was complaining about this. And I wanted to say, are you serious right now? And maybe add a curse word. <laughs> Go and hear from any of our black or brown sisters and brothers, hear how they're processing this, and then tell me if we're pushing this too hard. But I didn't. <clears throat> I 
I decided to take a deep breath, say a prayer, and let love win. And let love cover the multitude of sins, of judgment, of turning a blind eye to God's beloved people who are being treated with injustice and deep systemic oppression. So then when the next person told me that we were talking about it too much, I was then able to respond with, okay, I hear your frustration, but why does it bother you so much? And have you listened directly to, us, to someone who is black or brown and how this affects them personally? Because I've heard a number of their stories and I can't help but fight for and with them and keep fighting because we need to cover each other in deep love. We need each other. We can't be divided. So mind you, it's not about covering up. That's not what the Bible says, right? We do face it. It's about covering it in the deep love of God that covers over a multitude of sins within myself and the other person in keeping us together in unity, not divided. This true hospitality calls us both to truth and love. The next time someone says something that you disagree with or offends you, because it will happen, including in church, what are you going to do? I hope that you can pray, seek God's strength and words, and respond with loving deeply in the spirit of hospitality. You can do it. You can show hospitality in loving each other deeply in keeping Christian community. Hospitality is displayed when you generously offer up your time and listen to someone. Meet with someone. Say, hey, you wanna grab a cup of coffee or tea? You, you wanna meet me for a meal at a restaurant? It's about offering up time and space to welcome someone to a space that is comforting, that is welcoming in or out of your home. This includes inviting someone here at church. You see someone that you don't know, someone who may be different from you, maybe they're new or maybe they're not. Say, hey, you wanna sit with me during church service? That also shows hospitality. And you know what? If you can still share your home and, sh and be hospitable with your home, forget about what it looks like or what it doesn't look like. Instead of being self-conscious or home-conscious, be more other-conscious and love each other deeply. So um, those of you who know uh, Betty and Pastor David Hosang, we love them so much, right? Um, they're amazing in our church community. Yes, yes, let's give a round of applause. <clears throat> and we also know Deborah Moore um, and the Caring Hands Ministry team, right? Another great round of applause for them too. These people are excellent examples of hospitality and loving others deeply. But don't compare yourself to them, okay? Because that could be a tall order, right? But we could be reminded of their example. 
They're constantly feeding people, inviting people over, constantly offering care for those in need. Many of us are recipients of their love and care, right? But for those of you who know, and maybe some of you don't know, Betty and Pastor David are moving out to the West Coast this summer, and we're gonna miss them greatly. But good news is that Betty and David are both leaving us after setting this great example of hospitality, and they're passing the torch on to us. We will receive that torch. It's our turn to give and be the body of Christ for each other and be community builders, not community killers. And our church is too big for just one small team of a Caring Hands ministry to take care of the whole church, especially in these times of COVID. So let's not just mooch off, okay? But let's love each other deeply and show hospitality to others. Offer up a meal through DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub. There's so many ways out there, right? Offer to go on walks together if you're not comfortable with being indoors. There is something that all of us can do to show hospitality for the sake of Christian community and God's deep love. Which takes us to our third point to discuss how we can love each other deeply. Serve each other with your gifts. In verses 9 to 10, Peter says, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Hospitality has the effect of building up Christian fellowship, combating the view that we are each independent and isolated people in our relationship with God. There's so many ways in society today where it's so easy to just be isolated, right? We have our own garages where we just pull right in and go right into our homes without seeing a single person, right? So it takes intentionality. COVID has definitely taught us at least one thing, that too much isolation hurts an individual and a community. But hospitality brings people together in the spirit of love and the warmth of Christian community. In Peter's day, in the first century of the Christian era, hospitality was not just about entertaining guests. It was the main way of ministering to each other. The early church often met in people's homes and housed traveling missionaries and apostles. Today, we have a church building, and Metro, we have our church office. However, besides the practical fact that the office is constantly being used, which is a great thing, right? But there's something very special when people open up their homes. It's a supernatural thing where love of God is expressed in the way the house is prepared, how food or refreshments are served, and in the air of love and laughter, and sometimes even tears shared together. It really is a supernatural thing. Do you want to have supernatural gatherings in your home that transforms yourselves as well as others? 
So I personally realized the benefit of offering up my home for church gatherings. So I never thought I had the gift of hospitality, especially when I see people like Betty and Pastor David and, and Deborah Moore, right? But I realized, no, 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 Shirley, stop comparing yourself. I am me. I can do what I can, right? So I started to open up my home. And I realized, gosh, there's a lot of benefits to this. For one thing, it keeps my house clean. <laughs> Sometimes we need that motivation to clean our house, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. And it makes me feel good when my house is clean, right? And then when people come over, it puts me in a good mood, okay? Granted, I'm an extrovert, so when people come and I'm hanging out with people, it fills my tank. But extroverts, introverts alike, when people come into your home, it does lift moods. Does anybody else need some mood lifting in your home? I don't know about you, but I have a, um, two teens in my home. And what do teens like to do, right? <laughs> like to hang out in their own rooms. <laughs> and it's okay, it's all right. But I have to say, when I have people over, my spirits are lifted, and even my kids, because they hear the laughter, or they smell the food, and they're like, oh, what's going on? And they kind of join in, right? It's blessings in my own home. Welcome blessings into your home, too. And the cherry on top is when there are great things shared, whether it be funny stories that bring laughter or deep sharing of how someone's doing, right? And when they, the, with that deep sharing, sometimes comes times of prayer for each other. And that's a deep blessing. Deep love is experience, and it's all because of serving with hospitality. You can serve with hospitality too. But to be clear, serve out of your own gifts. You don't have to have the cleanest house. In fact, it doesn't have to be in your house. You can offer hospitality in your backyard. Now that the weather's nice, right? We could open up our backyards. You could offer up your fire pits. So a little shout out to our fire pit theology community group. You don't even have to prepare food, okay? So I have a low self-esteem when it comes to cooking. Pastor Peter used to joke around and say, Shirley, you can't be good at everything. <laughs> you don't have to be a good cook. <laughs> so what do I do? I offer tea. I could offer tea. And there's no shame in that. But if people want food, I'm like, oh, sure. Okay, do you, you want to bring something? Right? <laughs> Nothing wrong with potluck. And to be honest, when there's potluck, it, it's like a nice variety. And people are excited to bring something. So I'm like, okay. So I just receive it, right? And, you know, if you don't want to, like, be an active, like, talking and, you know, you don't feel like talking so much or whatever, you could still show hospitality by inviting people over to watch a show or a movie together. Hopefully it's something wholesome. <laughs> and by the way, um, I got into this show called The Chosen. I don't, has anybody else watched that? The Chosen? Yes. Okay, a few, right? So good, right? And it's very family friendly. You could watch it with your kids too, right? So it's about, a, it's a mini series. It's a show about Jesus. And it just shows Jesus of how he lived when he walked on this earth and the disciples and just the relationships that he built with people, right? It's incredibly moving. So I got to watch a lot of it during my quarantine. I kept crying in my own room, <laughs> being touched by Jesus. But yeah, 
If you want, invite people over to your house and watch this show together, okay? So it's actually a free app. I found it sound like I'm advertising for them, but I'm not. I'm not getting paid for this. It's a free app, and you can uh, download on your phone, and you can even cast it on your TV, and it's also free on Peacock. So invite people over, watch the show together, and be just moved by Jesus and share in that love. In verse 10, it says, be faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. You can be creative based on what you can easily do and comes naturally to you in showing hospitality. When you go grocery shopping, you're there anyway, right? Pick up a few extra items and drop it off for someone in need. You know, in a time where gas prices are incredibly high, uh, I was listening to a Christian radio station, I don't remember which one it was, but they were saying that they're doing this challenge where, hey, buy gas for someone, especially if they seem to be in need. When you're at the gas station, just pop out and like, you know what, I'll pay for your gas today. And they'll be like, what? Who are you? Why are you doing that, right? Bless someone with a deep love of God. That's hospitality too. And just be there for someone. Just be a listening ear, because life gets so busy, right? We're always running into each other and stuff, but how much time do we actually spend together? That quality time, right? Everyone wants to be seen and heard, right? Why do you think there's so many protests and riots and things like that, right? Everybody wants to be seen and heard, which when we do that, it shows that we're valuing someone. They're not being used. They're not just a random body or a number. We're valuing them. And that shows love deeply. Isn't that all we really want at the end of the day? To be seen by someone? To be loved by someone? So instead of just passing someone by real quickly at work or in town or even in your own home, Stop and see the person God has placed before you and share in hospitality. Ask the person how he or she is doing and listen. That is loving someone deeply. You won't regret the love and the joy and the closeness in this spirit it will bring. And all our homes could use more blessings. Amen? Hebrews 13, 1-2 says, Keep, uh, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Yep, you can be serving angels. How about that? Now that's an honor. At the end of the day, oh, at the end of it all, we go to our fourth and final point. Give God the glory forever. Amen. Verse 11 says, if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. 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 So remember how we talked about starting everything with prayer? Well, when you feel prompted to show hospitality, start with prayer because hospitality is supernatural. So connect to our super God 
and serve with the strength that God provides and stay with it. Don't give up when cleaning your house gets too hard and stressful because then it becomes more about you, right? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And don't give up when cooking gets too stressful. Just order in, you know? Know your limits and boundaries and do what you can manage and do that only. Make it doable. And do it with the strength that God provides. Then you can stay focused on his blessings as you prepare, right? And so instead of getting stressed out, play some worship music while you're cleaning or cooking, right? And as you prepare. And then give him all the praise and all the glory. Amen. When you make it doable, it's going to make it more easy for you to keep hosting. Keep bringing in the community. Keep building community. And you know what? Bring in people who don't know Jesus yet too, right? This is a really great way for people to see right there what Christ-like community is. Be a witness that way too. So hallelujah, God receives the glory and he'll give you a pat on your back as well. So I talked a lot about giving hospitality, but we also need to learn to receive hospitality. Many of us struggle to receive others' hospitality. Is it because we're too prideful? Maybe. Is it because we don't want to have to owe anything to anybody? Maybe. But freely give and freely receive. As I shared earlier, you could be robbing someone of their joy by not receiving their hospitality. So be sure to receive hospitality too, especially when they're offering. When people were offering to help me during my quarantine, um, to be honest, I wrestled with the decision because I'm not, I, I do still get uncomfortable with receiving, right? And to be honest, I received it more on behalf of the other sister in my group who, were, who was sicker than I was, right? So I wanted to show her and say, it's okay, right? So that you can receive, so we both receive. So I grew up with a very self-sacrificing mother. She's like the kindest woman, and she's always, always serving other people. So I inherited some of this from her. But what I realized is that what's underneath all of that for me is a belief that I don't deserve it, that I don't deserve other people's care for me. I learned that the only way for me to receive love and acceptance when I was growing up was by giving to people and performing for people. Otherwise, I don't deserve other people's hospitality because I'm not worthy. When I was born, I wasn't worthy because I was born as a girl. Growing up, I wasn't worthy because I was a minority as a Korean American. And even into my adulthood, I'm not worthy because I'm too broken with my marital and parental struggles. 
These are lies that I have to fight every day. I need to be aware. I need to pray. I need to be aware that these thoughts and these beliefs keep oppressing me and my soul in these end times. I need to pray to keep my focus on God who loves me deeply for who I am as a woman, as a Korean American, as a child of God. Then as I receive his deep love for me, I can love myself properly and then serve others with hospitality out of the gifts and strength that he has given me, that we may all give God the glory forever together as community builders. Our God, who is the king of hospitality, has made a home in your heart. Let his home in your heart reach out to others in community and make your physical home or yard or your time or your presence a place for yourself, your family, and others grow in the strength that he has given you, that we may all praise our Father in heaven and glorify his name forever. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for always showing us the depth of your love. And your love really is deep. And we could never say thank you enough. But God, what we can do is we can receive your love for ourselves and for all those around us and grow and share in giving and receiving hospitality. God, I pray that our church and anybody who's listening as the body of Christ, God, that we would grow together in community with this gift of hospitality that you've given us all. And that God, we would just continue to praise you and give you all the glory every step of the way. God, we thank you that we have this privilege and this honor to be able to do so. And just the way you see us, just the way you listen to us, the way you love us, may we all see each other, love each other, and grow together in hospitality and community. So we thank you, God. Thank you, and we give you praise and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.